0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. It's the free monthly magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Hey, everybody, John the announcer here at, oh, yeah, do we got a cool show on tap? you remember the unknown comic don't you well who could forget the unknown comic the great murray langston who's done a heck of a lot more than just the unknown comic he's our guest today but first we bring on the host here is comic impressionist rich natoli
1: Aw, ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i love this next act this next guy is so good, the unknown
0: comic,
2: Murray
1: Langston. How are you, buddy?
2: Hi, I'm not here right now, but if you leave your name and number the sound the tone, I'll get back to you. Here comes the tone now. <laughs> how are you? Hey, you crazy kids. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm beautiful. Is this, who is this? This is actually Rich Natoli.
1: It's, it's Rich Natalie. And years ago, John, I, I, I tried to, to remind Murray that I actually introduced him as Chuck Barris at the, at the Ice House where when I was yeah. opening for him. I,
2: do you remember? I, I, I do remember that, even though I'm getting older. And I also remember the afterwards uh, the great massage you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember that. <laughs> my buttocks but are <laughs> still tingling. Oh. <laughs> but, you
1: know, so you did. How many appearances on that show?
2: Uh, let me check my underwear. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, one hundred and fifty. Wow. I, mean, I think about one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty appearances on on the Gong Show. It was a crazy show, that's for sure. But I had a great time.
1: Yeah, that that's was amazing. Sure. So now, so you were doing, you've done. I mean, your your resume is just so impressive. I mean, you know, aside from all the great acts you worked with, you 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 were you were a regular on uh, Sonny and Cher show, right?
2: Yeah, I was. I, I actually looked at my resume recently, and I, I can't believe I did. I actually did over eight hundred TV shows back in the day. That's a lot of shows for a, a young kid from Canada to do. <laughs> but yeah, I did. Well, I did four and a half years with Sonny and Cher. I did a series with. Uh, Bobby Benton, a series with Wolfman, Jack, uh, we shot 20, I wish those were, were released, they were so good. I uh, did a series with Lola Falana, with uh, the Hudson Brothers. So yeah, I, I worked my butt off back in those days as a comedy actor, before I even created the Unknown Comic, which was really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and so when you revealed your identity, it, was it on Real People, the show, where you first revealed your identity?
2: Yeah, you remember that with John Barber and mm-hmm. I think Skip Stevenson, my old buddy Skip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the real people is where actually you know exposed myself. Well, I had exposed myself many times before, but that was the first time publicly. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Well, so the thing is, so so how did how did did, did was that your idea? The, what if I come out, it put the bag on my head and just be the unknown comic, or did they did the producer say to you, "Hey, this is an idea for the show"? Or had that come about?
2: Well, it was actually my first wife's idea before going on our honeymoon. (laughs) She said, she just suggested that that would make it work a lot better. And uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I had a bad complexion and it was cheaper than Clearasil, okay? That's
3: the truth.
2: (laughs) But it worked. You you know, as I I mentioned, I did did all these TV shows and I made some money, but even though it wasn't that much money back in those days compared to today, but uh, so I decided to buy... By myself, uh, a nightclub restaurant called Showbiz. I don't know if you were ever there, Rich. Uh, my club. Well, uh, I worked. Uh, I worked
1: laundry. it. I worked it uh, years later. It was the Laugh Stop for a while, right? At, and after. After that, it became was it the one on uh, in Encino, right on Ventura Boulevard? That beca-
2: oh no no that was a completely that was a complete different club. Uh, oh, that oh. was Ray Bishop, I think. Uh, oh, it wasn't no, that same was club? Mine was on Lancashire yeah. and Victory. It was an interesting place because like uh, David Letterman started out at my place. He had an apartment like a block away from oh. my house when he first moved to L.A. Uh, Michael Keaton was actually discovered at my place. Uh, he was Michael Douglas back then. My little club on Lancashire and Victory. Deborah Winger was one of my waitresses. Wow. Uh, back. And but it was a, it was a crazy little club. But I had it for two years, and I invested, you know, the money I'd made from all these TV shows. And two years later, I, I was broke. Oh. Uh, you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I found out later that in order to be a successful club owner, you got to be a sort of a dick. You know, and uh, yeah. I wasn't. And I just gave stuff away and food away and drinks away. And so two years later, there I was. Broken. But luckily, or, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen when you're, when you're living your life. But it, it turned out that that's what created the unknown comic, because I was, like, literally broke. And I had heard uh, through the comedy grapevine that if you're on the, the Gong show... Understand the Gong Show had already been on six months before I did one, and when I heard that that, that that if you're in the union, they had to pay you on the Gong Show whether you won or lost, which was you know a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. and so I I didn't want any of my friends or you know people that knew me to see me on this Gong Show because I saw I thought it was ridiculous because I'd done all these TV shows. And that was, uh, that was the impetus that uh, gave me the idea. I said, well, if I just put a bag on my head, I'd go on a show and make a couple hundred dollars, and uh, nobody knows who I am. And, um, and how I got on was actually because of, uh, uh, you know, I've done several dating games, which was the same company mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, you know, Chuck Paris uh, produced those shows also. And, uh, and a lady, I still remember her name, Ruth Goldberg was the talent person on, or booked the dating game. And she also booked a lot of the people on the gong show. So I just called her up and said, hey, you know, I, I could use a few bucks. Uh, uh, you know, can you get me on the gong show? And she said, well, he does this thing where he closes the curtain on people. Because I told her, my idea and she so she got me on the show the first one and I still remember the first joke and you know, I came out Chuck introduced me the unknown comic and I came out and I said hey Chucky you and your wife ever make love in the shower and he said no I said well you should she loves it <laughs> and, uh, and, and the audience loved it uh. and, and then Chuck came running back to me after the show backstage and he said I love that he said can you do another one where you insult me <laughs> and this was the genius behind Chuck Bears because he uh, he was looking for vulnerability and I gave him that vulnerability because he was insulting all the acts right. on the show all the time. So by me coming out and insulted him, it gave, gave him a certain amount of vulnerabil- uh, vulnerability. And I think that's, that, again, that was the, the genius of Chuck and uh And that led from one to the other. And I, every time I come out, I have to sort of insult him, uh, which I did on most of the shows. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how it got created.
1: That's amazing. You know, my uh, my experience with the Gong Show is, uh, when I was a teenager, I auditioned for the thing doing the Chuck Barris impression with the hat on and everything, right? And so I get, uh, I get all the way to the, the audition in the room with Chuck. You know, I got past a couple of them. I get to the one, room with Chuck, and I do the impression. And the crew in there, was, they're all laughing. They put me on videotape. And Chuck, very stoic, he just goes, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming in, Rich. And that was it. So I walk out the parking lot I'm thinking, "Oh god, he hated it." You know, right? But then I get a call right. to, to to get on that they wanted me on, right? So I go I lived in Northern California at times. So I fly down there and they said, "You're the last act in the fifth show because they were taping like five shows in the, that day." So yeah, I was the yeah. literally the last act on the fifth show. So I get to the point where they go, "You're on you're on next." So I get on the platform behind the the curtain, right? And then the guy with the headphones comes over to me and goes, Oh, man, we ran out of time and we're not going to be able to get you on. <laughs> I had been there no all day. Way. I had been there all day. And they will not bring you and back. They never brought you back. They never brought me back on and I never got on.
2: Yeah. But, so they did listen to me, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: But I couldn't wait to get yeah. out there and do the Chuck Barris impression because I thought I knew the audience would love it if I got. If I, I, I can't got,
2: believe I can't believe thinking back that that he didn't bring it back on because I thought he would have loved that. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, yeah, well know, he did. Yeah. I guess or maybe he did. he just didn't see
1: it. Yeah, I guess he did because the, the, his his crew loved it, you know. And but but I think yeah. I think it was just I just kind of got lost in the shuffle after that, you know.
2: Yeah, but yeah. It happens in show business. We got sure. we got a yeah. caller
1: on the line here. We gotta take a quick commercial break though. We gotta uh we'll be right back. We're talking to Murray Langston, the unknown comic. Uh and we'll be right back right after this commercial break.
0: Oh, yes. There's... All right,
2: go for it. I'll time you. Go uh, ahead.
0: <laughs> this is The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. Folks, log on to the TheVegasVoice.net. A lot of really cool stuff. Hey, stick around. Murray, Rich, and I return following these brief messages.
4: companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check.
0: 800-437-1424. 800-437-1424. 800-437-1424. That's 800-437-1424.
5: Hi there. I'm pretty sure I'm Bruce Baum. And if you like hot sauce, you're going to really like... My new Noggin Blast Organic Hot Sauces, available at nogginblast.com. These are hot sauces the whole family can enjoy, depending on how you raise your family. Every bottle is signed by me, whether you want me to or not. So if you want some, it's at nogginblast.com. That's N-O-G-G-I-N-B-L-A-S-T. Nogginblast.com. Nogginblast.com.
0: The quick and painless commercial break, just the way you like it. Now, here again, the host, comic impressionist Rich Duttoli.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the unknown comic right on the line, Murray Langston. (laughs) (laughs) Murray Langston. (laughs) And we got a special caller on the line. Who's on the line there, John?
0: It's uh, George's college. George, George Pecoraro, Pecoraro George
1: Murray, Murray Peco Langston, the unknown Repp. comics agent. George, hi George.
2: Yeah, my first, my Hello, first. Richard. You know, and and George gives a great massage too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> except he bites. I thought you were going to tell anybody,
6: Murray. Nobody's supposed to know <laughs> that. It, he, he does well, bite. I actually no, gave it. Rich a massage too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs>
7: yeah.
2: so, no, George, Hello, yeah, Murray. George, how are, are you? I'm very, very pretty, but you can't tell because this is radio. But I'm, I'm really, really <laughs> I know really better. I know day. better. So I've been <laughs> yeah, working anyway. with Murray
6: for about 41 years. Wow.
1: And, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, 1981.
6: In fact, uh, a really, uh, well, uh, 1981, the first date I ever got for Murray, Murray was headlining the Sahara Hotel, doing wonderful with his whole show. And I met with Murray right after the show in the coffee shop, and, I, and we talked about some opportunities. He says, "Yeah, whatever you get, let me know." So uh, about a week later, I'm at UNLV University in Las Vegas, and I meet with the uh, the people in charge and and they said, "Well, we have an interesting event coming up, and we would like Murray Langston to to be a part of it." And I said, "What is it??" And I said, "Well, it's a wet t-shirt wet t-shirt contest." I said, "What?" I said a wet T-shirt guy. I said, "Well, what do you want Murray to do?" You go. We want Murray to be the host of it, and 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 the hostess. Uh, it's going to be thousands of people on the grounds of UNLV, and uh, I was single at the time, so was Murray. So it sounded like oh, strangely a lot of fun, and so we get there, and, and there, like like just like they said, there were there were probably. Well, I'll put it this way. It was one of the most attended events ever in the history of UNLV at the time. Wow. There were thousands of people there and with a big stage, and there were many beautiful women, and and they were
2: in wet T-shirts. <laughs> and Murray, you want to go on from here? You want to? <laughs> well, yeah, Murray. Right enough. I, I don't think they would, you'd be allowed to do that today. Isn't that interesting? I bet you you wouldn't be able to hold a wet T-shirt contest in front of thousands of kids today. I wonder what do you think?
6: Well, they were college kids. Oh, we know it's not like it was, they were in. Uh, uh, you
2: know,
6: they, yeah. Uh, no. Oh yeah, but it,
2: it was weird because George offered me this gig. I think it was like fifty dollars or something like that. And <laughs> no, it was course. a huge amount. It was a fifty. Murray, we I think took, it was four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> and you took your ninety percent uh, and uh, left me with four dollars or something like that. But uh, but when you said it was a wet t-shirt contest who am I to turn something like that down yeah. uh, until I got there and I had to deal with things uh, that were unknown to me. <laughs> Let's just say, no, so it was, it was great. I was introducing all these girls and they had a big bucket of water and these girls in these T-shirts would come over and dip their chest into the water to make their shirts wet and then, you know, the audience would cheer uh, them as as they should. And uh, But then uh, there cheer? was a contestant. <laughs> and then was- we were cheering. Oh, we were cheer- we were doing more than cheering, uh, but uh, we were leering and and drooling and uh, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Uh, adjectives that would have fit us, being the the, the uh, scumbag, dirtbags, and douchebags that we were. Uh, <laughs> Reference in the Unknown Comic, of course. But anyway, so uh, little, little did I know that one of the contestants, and, you know, sad to say, she had no arms and no legs. And she was in a wheelchair. This is absolutely true. And so I had to go and pick her up, literally. And and she had these huge boobs, and and dip her boobs into the water and then <laughs> hold her up to the ground. <laughs> this, this is absolutely this is true. True. Who would have Who would have thunk? Uh, but and she ended up coming out second for obvious reasons. And uh, but that was my first job that george got me a hundred years ago and uh, a lot of people don't know about george too that he won't get you a job unless you sleep with him and,
6: uh, <laughs> i don't do that anymore not sex. he doesn't want hey, the but the punchline to this also it was that night on the network not network local news on both of the channels they had the president of unlv i believe it was robert maxim and he was he, he would, they were interviewing him, saying, I don't know how this, uh, this function got okay to be on the grounds of UNLV. It was the planning committee, whoever did the shows for them. He said, nobody uh, cleared this with me. I never would have allowed such an event. It's not something we and I have associated with at UNLV. And he heard in the background the people cheering, "Yeah, we love it, we love it. It was all the college <laughs> students, and they were loving it. And the president saying, this is not something I would ever have again. I don't know how this got past me, but I'm going to check it out and find out. But... uh, the, everybody loved it, as far as the, the students. But the principal was taking a lot of heat um, for 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 having such a function that he didn't know about. But it was it was it was done by the. Uh, I can't believe that I don't remember the group. It wasn't a. Uh, it was a big group that put this function on at UNLV from UNLV. And uh, I could always look back at the contract. But it's it was a crazy time. It was a different era. But Murray handled it as very classy, and Murray. You said to me for that. a moment, but you anyway. said, George, I don't know if I could do this and I said, Murray, if this girl had the 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 wherewithal to do this, you gotta treat her just like any other girl and just do it. And so then he dunked yeah, it. Yeah. And and what Murray didn't say that the, the, the big it was a big trough with water but what he didn't say <laughs> that it was filled with ice and water. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go any further. Use your imagination.
3: <laughs>
2: no, it was, uh, but
6: I just it was wanted to call in and say send my love to Murray and Rich, two great guys, two funny guys, and they'll have a lot more funny things to say than me. But have a wonderful day. I just wanted to um, I get that story out because uh, it was a fun time. It was a crazy time in another area era of 1981.
1: Thank you, Super Agent George Pecoraro, everybody. Yay, Thanks, George. George. Talk to you soon, buddy. Bye, Thank you. So Murray, so so Murray, is he gone? Yeah, he's gone. He gone. Oh, he's gone. You can talk Never about him, 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 him now. He's Never gone. liked him. No.
2: Isn't that, isn't that <laughs> such Not a showbiz? I think I did a good job. No, no, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's he really is. He's a great is. girl. Depends. Depends what he wears, but we don't need to go there. Unless, <laughs> he is a great. He is
1: a, he's a great yeah. guy, and he did a great job in in my movie. You know, he did a, He played a he played a pit boss that that threw my character out of the casino, and he was great. George was great at great actor. Yeah, oh no,
2: George, I bet he was. I bet he was. That's good to hear. Yeah, he told me about it. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. So
1: now I wanted to mention so, to you. Okay, so now you you know you've done you have a, a book right.
2: I have a book called Journey Through the Unknown which uh, people seem to love on Amazon. I've got nothing but five-star reviews which is great but it, you know, it, it details the ups and downs, the highs and lows of each year of my life from the year I was born till till I finished the book about 4 or 5 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh, really interesting because I had so many great ima- unimaginable things you know happen to me from this little kid from Canada. Came across the border, uh, and uh, and uh, you know from partying all night with Elvis Presley to how many people can say they did that? Getting threatened by Frank Sinatra, spending Christmas Eve with Lucille Ball. How many people can say they spent? Okay, wait, 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 wait. We're just... going
1: to back up. What do you, okay, Sinatra, what? tell us that story. Sinatra.
2: Sinatra. Okay. <laughs> well, I used to have a friend named Joe Battaglia uh, uh-huh. who who had this gruff voice. Let me uh, you know preface it with that, and so. Uh, I did this show called "Make Me Laugh." I did a bunch of them, both mm-hmm. with and without the bag. You remember "Make Me Laugh"? Yeah, right, yeah,
1: yeah. Bruce Baum was yeah, yeah. on that all the time. Yeah,
2: Bruce Baum did a lot. All the all the guys from from that era did it. You know, Kim mm-hmm. Bidotta, Gallagher, uh Gallagher, uh, Bob Saget, who uh, unfortunately just passed. But anyway, all these guys uh, did the show, and I did a I did a bunch of them, and uh, so I get what happened is. Well, let me just say I was at my house shaving one day, okay, in my mm-hmm. house shaving, and the phone rings, and I pick up the phone, and it's this gruff voice, and uh, and, and I say, and it says, "Hey, is this is Murray Langston," and I go, "Yeah," and he's, and I think it's Joe Battaglia, and he said, "This is Frank Sinatra," but his whole language was filled with you know filthy words, and he's calling me, you you this and you that, and you ever talk, mention my name on TV, I'll break your effing face, and and he's just just yeah. talking just like that. But I'm thinking it's Joe Battaglia, so I'm laughing at him. And the more I'm laughing, he's getting you, and and I'm saying, This is uh, so so what's happening, Joe? Uh, And he said, This is not Joe, you effing this and you effing that, because it was all laced with curse words. And he says, (laughs) You you mention my name again, and I'll break your effing this, and I'll (laughs) make you. And and he was really. (laughs) So as I'm laughing, I said, Well, sing my way asshole you know and I said and, and that's when he just really he said you at this and, and he hung up slammed slammed the phone on me right yeah. and uh so I'm uh I'm laughing in my in, in uh thinking about it uh thinking uh about Joe calling me and all of a sudden the phone rings again and I pick it up and I say yeah Joe what what, what do you want and he goes uh yeah hey no this is not Joe this is Milton Burrow and I recognize Milton Burl's voice yeah you know? Obviously, and he, and he says, uh, yeah, I guess you didn't think you were talking to Frank, did you? And all of a sudden, I'm uh, shaving, and I'm, I'm going, well, that, 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 that what? You know? Uh. And he says, yeah. He says, I'm, I'm sorry, but he says, you know, Frank is all P.O.'d, and, and uh, uh, at some joke you did. And I said, well, I don't do jokes about Frank's Sinatra, which I never did, but then I... Then Milton Berle told me the joke, and I remembered I did it on Make Me Laugh. I just you know threw it in there as a quickie. I was reading jokes from a newspaper, supposedly, and one of them was I said, hey, and Frank Sinatra... Is going to open up a halfway house for girls who don't go all the way. And yeah, that's it's funny. Mild. That's it's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty mild joke too. But it, he took offense to that, and and and, and Milton Berle said, "Yeah, he get. If anybody mentions his name on TV, he goes berserk." Uh-huh. So anyway, so anyway, uh, uh, he says, "I'll try to talk him down." Anyway, this is actually a true story. You know. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, after I hang up, uh, I, I said, "Geez, uh, they're going to rerun that show." So I call up. Uh, the producer of Make Me Laugh. I'm blanking on his name now. Dang, what was his name? Um anyway I, I end up calling the producer of Make Me Laugh and I say, Hey, guess what? You'll you'll never know who just called me and threatened me and he goes, Frank Sinatra <laughs> He says he says, Where do you think you got your number? <laughs> 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 I said, well, thanks a lot. He apparently called up the show to get, and they gave him my number. Yeah. And and I said, well, I don't know. Do you think you need to, you know, uh, 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 take that out of uh, the show in, in case of reruns? And he said, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, well, it's not. Your legs are going to get broken in my leg. Anyway, that story went around uh, L.A. Uh, uh, quite a bit, but, you know, thankfully, so many people knew of the story, so nothing ever happened. But that's. You know, so uh, the, you know Sinatra obviously wasn't a fan of mine at that particular time, and it's interesting because I talked to Tom Dreesen years later, who opened for Sinatra for like a dozen years, and he said he said at that point he probably wouldn't remember the week later. He says his mind was pretty much going at that time. So anyway, that's so you never, so you
1: never got, time. you never ran into him or anything after that, or like yeah, you never ran into Sinatra anywhere, or.
2: Uh After no that, yeah. <laughs> uh, no never no never did I mean yeah. if I was in my car I might have tried to but no, no I never did so when uh, you so when did. you st- like-
1: so when you were starting the car you were like what holding your breath every time you start the car
2: <laughs> <laughs> no you know I I I was only worried for about a day you know that yeah. I because I because the thing about Sinatra is he sent he would send his. People would who knew him would go down and and, and beat you up, uh, just and say, hey, "Guess what I did, Sinatra." And you know, there's legendary stories of the him, uh, you know, uh, having. Uh uh, well, Shecky, I think Shecky Green tells a story about how he says that uh, Sinatra saved his life one time. These four guys were kicking the crap out of them, and, and Sinatra said, all right, that's enough. <laughs> so, so
3: that's yeah.
2: how he, that's supposedly a true story, too, that he had a bunch of goons beat up uh, Shecky Green. And a, and what's that? Oh, Jackie Mason. Apparently he had some people shoot a bullet into his pillow uh, in his hotel room to let him know, don't. Uh, you know, do jokes about Sinatra. So the guy was quite a, could be a quite a mean guy. And interestingly enough, the woman who uh, wrote the book uh, on Sinatra, what was that? Yeah, you know, that big book he had. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, remember that. Uh, Kitty uh, Kelly. Yeah, Kitty Kelly. Yeah, she actually ended up calling me up. She heard about the story and wanted to put that story in her book. Uh, and at that time and that that was only a you know a couple of years later and uh so I said no I I I pretended it didn't happen cuz I didn't want her to put the story in the book yeah. at the time but obviously I put it in my book and uh and I put it in my book he was uh, yeah yeah he was gone anyway so yeah the but book, that's uh, uh, that's what happened
1: yeah the book again uh, by Marie Langston the unknown comic is called Journey to the Unknown you can pick it up on Journey Ant-
2: through yeah Journey through the unknown oh through oh, the, the unknown that's basically get the best place is go to therealunknowncomic.com, therealunknowncomic.com. And that's why I, you know, I have books and pictures and DVDs. i got all kinds of stuff on, on that, therealunknowncomic.com.
1: Therealunknowncomic.com. we got to take another quick commercial break, and then we got remaining uh, moments with Murray Langston, the unknown comic, right after this. Hey, all right. <laughs>
0: You're tuned to the Vegas Voice, Sunday on of 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. Folks, it's the free monthly magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Stick around, Rich Murray and I return right after this. Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with
6: red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used Coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at
2: louisthecoinbook.com.
0: A new showbiz movement has begun and it's unlike anything ever offered to entertainers welcome to the stew and Lori variety hour the stew and Lori variety hours registry is a hybrid registry unlike any other visit the stew and dot they're not just a placeholder for photos and info for just 60 cents a day they showcase your photos and videos Offer you the chance to audition on the Stew and Lori Variety Hour in person or on video, plus the opportunity to appear on the six-hour telethon. Audition for casting on several of their exciting upcoming shows. There's just too much amazing stuff to talk about in a 60-second commercial. So go there right now, thestuandlorievarietyhour.com. The Stew S-T-U,
8: and Laurie L-A-U-R-I-E, Variety Hour.com. Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnnies.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor license number 76827. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid minerals offer a more
3: concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchINC.com.
0: Welcome back to The Vegas Voice. Now, here again the host, comic impressionist Rich joey
1: How about that Murray Langston? Isn't he something? Uh-huh. I want to tell you. The unknown uh-huh. comic... Oh. <laughs> the unknown I like a guy that can rise above his material. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I, so got to, I got to work with Bob Hope too during over the years. Yeah, I got to work with everybody. You worked with it's everybody.
1: Cool. I mean you're like a who's who of uh of, of comics. I mean, it's an amazing uh resume you have. So now I want to ask something. Okay, the the there was the book uh was it called uh Dangerous Minds? The movie, movie,
2: confessions of a dangerous mind. You mean the Chuck Barris book? Yeah. Now was that that, about,
1: that-, that that was about how they were talking about him being an assassin and all that? Was that in that? Uh,
2: right, movie? the one that uh, George Clooney directed and uh, his first directorial effort, I, I believe. Yeah, and uh, and they actually shot it in my hometown of Montreal, and uh, they actually got somebody else to play me, which sort of irritated, pissed me off, and yeah. I. I <laughs> I made them stop it until uh, Clooney actually called me, and it was, it was very cool. But uh, yeah, I had Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and I didn't know they were shooting it. And then I get this call from this kid in Montreal saying, he uh, he was hired to play me in the movie, and uh, and they, could I give him some advice? So, you know, I I mean, I was you know nice, to the guy who gave him some advice, but then I, you know, I thought, why are they hiring somebody to play me? You know, when uh, uh, you know the guy has a bag over his head, but then the real <laughs> reason was was because uh, they were going to get this guy for like three hundred dollars in Montreal. And save a lot of money instead of flying me out, you know. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so now, so was so that? So, to... so what was that whole thing about Barris being an assassin? It was just like a made-up story, or the, or did you actually see him yeah. execute people backstage? Or <laughs> oh, oh, ah, yeah. I just executed yeah. a guy backstage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I think in the movie that he's supposed to try, you know, let, he made me take the bag off my head because he wasn't <laughs> sure if I was after him or something like that. But uh, no, he was—he told me because he was a super nice guy. I mean, I never hung out with him on a social basis, but like any time I went to New York, he'd always take me out to lunch and stuff like that. And so, and but he did tell me that it, it, he, when he was writing his, he, he decided to write his bio, and as he was writing, it he thought it would be too boring. So then he wrote this parallel story idea. He made it all up about yeah. the hitman and everything, which was ended up being a brilliant idea. Got made into a movie, but it, no, it was all made up. Obviously, he never he never killed anybody, and uh, yeah. So it was it was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: But Chuck Barris, he was a genius. I mean, how many shows did he have besides the the dating game, which I I was on the dating game. Well, the, I the, was the on the dating
2: game. The, yeah. Yeah, the newlywed game, wow. uh, the dollar ninety nine beauty show yeah. or something like that with Rip Rip Taylor, Rip Taylor hosted. I Hello. Uh, yeah, he had, yeah, he had a, <laughs> yeah, he, he was it, a great. Is
1: guy, it too. on? Hello. <laughs> yeah, and
2: I, the confetti, of course.
1: Yeah, and you worked with you worked with uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Did you work with him?
2: Uh, that was, uh, you know, I actually did a, 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 a what was it? A Hollywood Squares. And, uh, yeah, because and the reason uh, I the
1: reason I bring this up is because you could be you're like the Kevin Bacon of comics because everybody connects to you somehow <laughs> you know like the, what they call it the the, the the six degrees six degrees of, of kevin, kevin bacon, bacon, bacon where where everybody yeah,
2: in a way yeah you like know jim carrey jim carrey's first tv show was with me you know before yeah. he became anybody we did a show in canada called the sex and violence family hour where we did all
3: these
1: <laughs> everybody connects yeah, back to cool. murray you know
2: <laughs> And so, and you started... Yeah, well, I was talking about all the, you know, I put on my bag, all the acts that opened for me back in those days, it all became really big. You know, Harry Anderson used to open for me, and you got Night Court, and, uh, uh, the uh, you know, Ryan Styles. you know, the uh, Drew Carey opened for me a bunch of times. They both ended up with TV show, uh, Dana, uh, uh, uh not Dana Carvey, uh, 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 what's the, the young kid, uh... Well, he's older now. He did a whole bunch of series from Saturday Night Live. Well, two guys from Saturday Night Live opened for me. uh, uh, The guys who did the the, – what am I trying to – who am I trying to think of now? I think trying, on, uh, David, up, Spade. David Spade.
1: David Spade?
2: David yeah. Spade uh, open for me. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so many people uh, opened for me back in those days uh, uh, that went on to, you know, huge fame. And I should have figured a way to open for myself. It uh, might have helped me out a little bit more. Who knows? Yeah. And so and so it the other great. thing,
1: Murray, the, the, the other thing I wanted to uh, uh, mention, now, because I heard this rumor, and I don't know if it's true I'm going to ask you, your club that you had in the Valley, was that— how Letterman got his dog, Bob, that he talked about for so many years? Yes,
2: that's absolutely true. The dog actually just walked in the back door of my club one time, and Letterman took him home, and, and that became the, the dog he used on the uh, on the show. Yeah, absolutely true story. Wow. That, uh, Letterman got his dog, Bob, from my nightclub. Yeah, Red Fox was almost my partner, too. He used to hang out there all the time. Uh, when he was, you know, when he had a series, Sandberg's son, and bring me, show me his checks, and try to give me. You know, he, he was getting paid twenty grand a show. Then he'd bring a check of twenty grand and, and show it off to me. But he'd go in my office and. And, and uh, snort cocaine all the time, you know, because he's, uh, I used, me and Freeman used to open for Red Fox, so he, we went way back with, with, uh, with Red and, uh, you know, guys I started out with, Cheech and Chong, we all worked together for a hamburger night in a little club called Canopos on Sunset Boulevard, so, uh, yeah, and uh, interestingly enough. So uh yeah so we uh, so all those guys it's just amazing how uh th- th- when you come up in the business you just don't know who's going to connect and become huge.
1: You yeah, know? you can't tell. So now uh, again uh, Murray Langston's website is therealunknowncomic.com. You can pick up his book on there and uh read about uh, i
2: underwear'm selling up my magnifying <laughs> underwear He's selling underwear He's selling
1: bags It's everything's for sale the real yeah, unknown yeah. quickly what dates Thanks. you have coming up you want to plug
2: you know it's funny because i've you know I've been retired for years and uh, uh except for the occasional gig but then uh, last year I realized nobody knew I retired <laughs> so I said that's uh, I'm going to come back and try it again. So I, I'm just um, I'm making a six-month uh, window, but I'm going to do a bunch of clubs. So I just booked a bunch of clubs. I'm going to work a really beautiful theater here in Tatsby on February 18, 19. And I'm doing a couple of clubs in uh, Santa Clarita, the Ventura Comedy Club, a winery in Novato, California, a wi- winery comedy place. So I just booked a comedy club for, for the next six months because I, I got that urge just to jump back on stage and, and just have a, a blast doing my crazy stuff again. Oh that's awesome. Yeah, I hope absolutely. we get
1: to, I hope we get to work together again you and I. The uh, the real unknowncomic.com yeah. is the website. Murray, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Come back again.
2: Thanks, Rich. I look forward to another massage.
1: Okay. Murray <laughs> likes <laughs> Murray Langston. <laughs> the
8: unknown comic. <laughs>
0: Folks, you're listening to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. Stick around. Rich, we've got to be on our best behavior. The boss man is here. (laughs) Publisher Dan Roberts has got a very special interview coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay where you are. This is The Vegas Force on AM 1400 KSHP, Las Vegas. Now let's bring on the publisher of The Vegas Force. Here is Dan Roberts. Thank
5: you so much, John. I, it's a pleasure to be with you as always. I, I appreciate Rich Natoli giving up this chair for me for the next 10 minutes or so. And the reason why I'm doing so is I have a very special guest who has some fantastic information and Catherine, are you on the line? Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine. We are talking with uh, Catherine Thalley from Health Market. And Catherine, you have been a, you've been very special to the Vegas Force. You've been a, a, a supporter. We greatly appreciate it. And it's our pleasure to put you on the radio. But here comes the important thing Catherine, what exactly do you do with Health Market?
7: Well, I am a senior benefits specialist. I help my clients who become eligible for their Medicare to understand their Medicare rights and understand their options and then help them to decide what plan would work best for them. And after they decide on that plan, then I help them to show how to use that plan so they they can achieve their health
5: goals. You know... one of the things that I have seen in the senior market is that nobody understands Medicare unless they need it. And if if there is something that you'd want to get across to seniors over 65, exactly what is Medicare? What does it do and what does it not do?
7: That's a very good question. Okay. Uh, yep. Well, Medi- Medicare is a federal health insurance for Anyone sixty five and older and some people under sixty five who have certain disabilities and conditions, okay? Uh-huh.
5: And so when you go ahead. No, I no, no, I mean by all means the question so, is I know so that when you turn sixty five you gotta fight.
7: Who are 60, right. So for people who are sixty five and older you first you sign up for medicare three months before your birthday well you should receive your card three months before your birthday but if you're not currently uh if you're not currently accepting early retirement from your social security then you want to make sure you go online to social security or either call them and apply for your medicare part b four months before your 65th birthday, because you have eligibility of three months before your birthday, the month of your birthday, and three months after to decide on what plan, what Medicare plan will pre- protect you for from your different medical
5: costs. Okay, and you know, the, the funny thing, Catherine, and you just mentioned it, and I'd like you to briefly explain it, Whenever we talk to seniors, they say, I'm on Medicare. Yes, I'm receiving Medicare. But there's a Part A, and a Part B, and a Part D, and nobody knows what they are. Can you explain exactly what those parts are? That's
7: Yes, that's a good one, because our Medicare Part A is what we have actually earned by working in the United States either 10 years, which is 40 quarters, or either we've been married to our spouse who has worked more than 10 years, and we, by being married, then you're a unit, so you can earn it either through your own work or through your spouse. And your Part A covers your hospital, your skilled nursing, your hospice, and your home care, and your blood.
5: Mm, Okay. You're
7: entitled to three pints of blood. And then you have a Part B, and our Part B is what we pay for on a monthly basis. Some of us pay through our Social Security, and some of us who are not receiving Social Security, we pay it quarterly to Social Security to Medicare. Okay. Now, our Part B, what that covers for us by having it active, it covers our doctor visits, our home health care our durable medical equipment and our wellness exam every year okay now you have different parts now with your a and b those are just your those are your medicare parts so you protect yourself now with that you do not have a prescription drug plan so you have to carry a prescription drug plan under your Medicare A and B so that you're able to take care of your prescriptions, and that's called a D. Uh, Unless you sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan that covers you both for A, B, and D.
5: Okay. so. Catherine, I, you know, just by you explaining it, I realize it is extremely complicated. It's not just checking a box off. How did you learn how to do all this? How do how do you get to advise seniors exactly what is best for their needs? Because obviously, you must have a tremendous education and experience in Medicare.
7: Well, I have been a Medicare. I have I, in two thousand and. 11 I uh, know 2013 I actually start studying and and getting certified with the companies and I represent all the major companies here in the state of Nevada through health markets and and health market also we uh, we do have excellent training programs where they train and develop. We have classes continuously to keep us abreast of all the new changes through Medicare and the senior market for our clients so that we can help them stay abreast of all the new changes that take place and what their benefits are. So I'm every year, I go through a complete training and certification to stay abroad to stay up to date with all the new laws and regulations to help my clients to be able to move forward with their plans.
5: And again, we're talking with Catherine Thalley of Health Markets. And I guess, you know, if obviously there's no way an individual can do this, and in the two minutes that we have left, how how can people contact you to find that information, hopefully use your expertise, and really protect themselves? How do they get a hold of you?
7: Okay. Well, I'm local here in Las Vegas on Lake Mead and Buffalo at Health Markets. My telephone number is seven zero two six two two seven five two eight, and the local address is seventy five hundred West Lake Mead, Suite thirteen, Las Vegas, Nevada eight nine one two eight. I do work as a virtue agent as well. So all those who have. Tablets or computers, then we can connect up right where you're in your home, and the look and relaxing, and we can review all your options and bring everything right there before you. I, uh, so I am available for individual virtual meetings as well. Thank
5: you. Uh, no, listen, I, I I thank you. The idea of it being so complicated and the idea of any senior trying to navigate this by themselves. Is, is a nightmare, and I know, Catherine, I mean, you're one of the best there is in terms of figuring this out. So I thank you so much. If people want more information, they can contact Catherine or The Vegas Voice, and we'll go from there. Catherine, we're going to take a break. I thank you so much for being part of listening to The Vegas Voice.
7: Thank you.
8: Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnnies.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor license number 76827.
0: Direct from the Vegas Voice Radio Studio, it's the Vegas Voice scams, schemes, and senior safety. Everything you need to know to avoid becoming a target of elder scams. Now, here's your host, the publisher of the Vegas
5: Voice, Dan Roberts everybody and welcome to another segment of scam schemes and senior safety. I'm Dan Roberts, publisher of the Vegas Voice, and our goal is to inform you of all the bad stuff that surrounds our lives when we answer the telephone or reply to emails. I don't know about you, but lately I received quite a few telephone calls from individuals claiming to be debt collectors. I've gotten all kinds from robocalls telling me to press one for more info, to others that claim I owe money for something I never ordered, to even claims for stuff that I know I already paid in full. Even worse, some of these so-called collectors even threaten to call the police to have me arrested if I do not immediately pay. Some even claim that they are the police, or even more frightening, lawyers. Now, rather than engage in an extended telephone call that you know you can't win, I've found the perfect statements to ask to see if their claims are legit. Before you even think about paying one, find out who's calling. Get the name of the collector, the collection company, its address, and phone number. At the very least, you'll throw him off his game. And if he refuses to provide the information, well, you know what to do. Two, get some validation information about the debt. Did you know that by federal law, within five days of contacting you, legitimate debt collectors must validate or tell you the amount of the debt, the name of the current creditor, and how to get the name of the original creditor? Again, force the guy to tell you all information. And if they refuse, well, you know what to do. Number three, and this is the best response yet, just dispute the debt. Say it doesn't exist or was paid months ago. Make them send you proof in writing. And if for any reason they don't have your home address, you know the guy's a scammer. Four, finally, don't even think about responding to any threats. If the caller threatens you to have you arrested, suspend your driving license, Medicare privileges, or Social Security payment. It's a scam. End of story. So what should you do when you get that telephone call? The answer is simple. Hang up the phone, hang up the phone, and hang up the phone. I do have one suggestion if you have any questions or concerns. Contact me. Afraid they're going to arrest you? Have no concerns. I'll post a bail. Just email me at dan at thevegasvoice.net. That's dan at thevegasvoice.net. We'll have more scams in future segments. Until then, this is Dan Roberts, hoping that everyone stays safe, be smart, and to always slam those scams.
0: celebrity voice impersonated.
10: Well, This is Dr. Phil talking at you. You know all those messed up kids you see on my TV show? Well, they're not book readers. Your kids need something fun to read. That's why I recommend American Stonehenge. It's a modern adventure story filled with great characters and mysterious plot twists. For a free preview, of the first four chapters go to jimmyandandrew.com that's jimmyandandrew.com use promo code RICH25 and receive a 25% discount go to jimmyandandrew.com and use promo code RICH25 get your kids reading that way they stay off my TV show What were you thinking?